Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that has a host leading the Tony Finau fan club. We are back for another week of Baltimore talk. And boys, honestly, we have to be real with the listeners. Kind of a quiet week around the Baltimore sports world. And why wouldn't it be? Ravens kind of in between seasons right now. Orioles gearing up for spring training, but we're not all the way there. But there are still a lot of topics we're going to touch on. And then we're going to have, we've been doing starting fives. We're going to have a starting nine of sports nicknames after we sort of do a topic roundup here, uh, our sort of weekly now draft type of series uh, later in the show. But let's touch touch on some topics here, boys. First of all, I think the biggest one of the week is Ravens-related. The Orlando Brown situation, him tweeting, uh, I am a left tackle in some fashion. I don't know if that's the exact phrasing of the tweet, but that is the gist of it, and most Ravens fans saw it. Uh, obviously, the guy, you know, Left tackles get paid more than right tackles. You want to be on the left side long-term the NFL to get that big contract. And after getting a taste of it, after Ronnie Stanley got hurt, uh, Orlando Brown wants the whole thing. Banks, where do you see the Ravens moving from here? Obviously, he's, he's under contract. They're under no obligation to do anything with him at all right now. But it seems pretty clear that his future may not be in Baltimore if that's what he wants to do, considering they've got Ron, Ronnie Stanley at the position. Yeah, it's a very bizarre timing all, on all this. I'm I'm sitting at Jimmy's actually during happy hour, and uh, I'm just having a good time, you know, just enjoying some live music for the first time in many many months. And then I just look down at my phone, and it's blowing up with notifications because Orlando Brown. It's it was I'm a capital L E F T tackle, and that was it. And it seemed unprovoked. Nobody knew where or why or when this was happening. So a lot of people are making assumptions that um, Eric DaCosta, whoever may have put some sort of offer in front of him to try to sign him long-term to play right tackle. And it may have been something that Orlando Brown found offensive. And to say, uh, to say that he was disgruntled is um, I mean, we're all making assumptions on why this is happening, but he seemed pretty disgruntled and, um, I don't know how this benefits anybody involved, to be honest. He could have just known that he's going into his fourth year and it's contract year, played a hell of a year at right tackle under whatever, you know, dollar figure. Um, I don't know. He could, there, it could, could be handled a lot of different ways, but the, the main thing here is that there's a, a ton, a ton of speculation as to what go, what's going on from what I'm hearing behind the scenes. It's not really a good situation, but um, in terms of having anything concrete and anything, you know, what it means is, is very much yet to be seen. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, he's entering the last year of his rookie deal. So at this point, the Ravens have to make a decision on him. And your scenario makes sense. And as you said, we're speculating here. But the Ravens try to sign him long term with an offer. And why would the Ravens not? If you can lock up Orlando Brown and Riley Stanley, you have two incredible bookends of your offensive line. You're setting that up, setting that up for success on the outsides, and then you fill in the gaps on the inside where the Ravens need help. And we've we talked about for two weeks how they they're gonna approach inside line help. Now with this, it almost feels like you've got to figure out a way to trade him at his highest value right now, which could be right now. I mean, he is coming off a back half of the season where he was very very good at left tackle. He's young. If you're looking for that position, which every team in the NFL is. Um, he's a potentially a guy you can build around, um, and and if you can get him in, he's looking for long-term left tackle money. So if you trade for him, you, you're pretty much going to be able to 
find him, you would think, if if it's the right destination and you're going to give him the money. He's 25 years old, start next year. He's already a two-time Pro Bowler. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the, what the Ravens do, whether they try to sort of play it out with another year and just let him walk if he doesn't decide to – to, to play and, and, and see if you can win with him now, or if it gets too toxic, you try to deal him and get the compensation. I mean, we know DaCosta wants to get something back for a guy. He doesn't want to let a guy this valuable walk. But you're also trying to you're also trying to win a Super Bowl, and Orlando Brown helps you win the Super Bowl. So very true, very, very tricky situation for and as you said, Brown's move to go public with a little bit of, you know, if it is disgruntlement, that's what he's done. Interesting to do when he has really been a great – it seems like he's had a great relationship with the organization throughout his time here. was honored to come play here, all those different things. So, But when money gets involved in that type of stuff, that stuff goes out the window, and that's what sports is right it's now. It's weird. I mean, we were coming off a year where I thought he proved himself a lot, and he's just a year away from potentially hitting the market. He could have just let it – play out i mean i thought we're, everybody here was very gruntled and i guess we're not we're not gruntled right now it um it's it's unfortunate uh you can't say that he hasn't earned the right to get paid and get paid well um yes and he has ambition to play left tackle and that's that's somewhat of a badge of honor when it comes to offensive linemen and um well i mean if we're if we're being perfectly honest he he was a first round talent that he fell to the third round he probably should have been paid a lot more a lot sooner but with the way that the draft worked out, you know, his, his pre-draft workouts weren't so great. You know, he, he probably deserves some accountability for that. But at the same time, he's performed at a first-rounder's uh, level, and he deserves to be paid as such, having made two Pro Bowls already. And, um, you know, I think that athletes and NFL players these days are feeling very empowered to kind of control their own destiny when it comes to these types of things. And – you can say that's a bad thing. You could say it's a good thing, but um, he's he, he seems to be trying to find leverage in a situation where he doesn't seem to have much. And that's the most, I guess, frustrating part as a fan is there's not really much that, you know, that can be done. I mean, he just doesn't really have a lot to, to, to leverage, you know, except for holding out. And I'm praying it doesn't come to that. I, I, I thought it was weird because, again, he has, like like you said, Brian, he has zero leverage. The Ravens can go to him and say, hey, we got you for a year. How about you go out there at right tackle and, and, and you know, thanks for your – we'll try and get you paid, and if not, then thanks, and we'll try and get you traded. Yeah. Um, I think there's a team out there that is screaming, trade him to me, and I think it's the Indianapolis Colts. They just had their left tackle retire. Um I don't know about their, their money situation and all that and what they can afford to give him an extension and all that. They do have, they have the 21st pick. They have the 54th pick. They have the 85th pick, the 118th, 149, 182, and 213. I mean, that seems like a team or, you know, it, unless a team like the Jaguars or if they are going to make a move. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, one of those teams makes sense. But, yeah, it, it was very strange. It definitely seems like an agent got in his ear or, like like you said, Brian, that, that they said, hey, you know, we're going to have some talks um, since we gave Ronnie Stanley, our left tackle, this much money. We're going to give you this at, at right tackle. And he said, no, 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 I played – what do you play, six or seven games at, at um, left tackle? And, and like you said, I mean, I thought he did a damn good – they ran the ball better when, when Orlando Brown was in at left tackle than they did when Stanley was left tackle. Well, they started running with J.K. Dobbins. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of – yeah, you could – 
Making I'm, I'm and they, for and a they, lot of reasons. They fill around the interior stats. of the line as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting. You look at, uh, and obviously this is the Bill O'Brien run Texans, so the values being given out and the trades being done by that club should be said with that caveat. Laramie Tunsil got traded with Kenny Stills in a fourth-round pick for two first-round picks, a second-round pick, and two players. Oof, that's um, a good return. So that is a gigantic return for a, you know, Tunsil is a top, top flight um, all-pro, pro-bowl type of player. Never made an all-pro team, made two pro-bowl teams. Um, and so, and he had more, he was playing left side the entire time. This is a, this is obviously a, you know, seven or eight game sample. But you're right, if there's a team that believes he's a long-term left tackle, you could potentially get a lot of value of them um, if you make that trade now when you have the most leverage um, and the, that team can't just wait till free agency and they really want to lock him up. So it'll be interesting to see how the Ravens approach that uh, and they're not going to get that type of return. I don't think anybody should be dreaming of two first-round picks for Orlando Brown. That's that's not no. happening. But you could get some pretty – put yourself in a pretty decent spot to beef up, beef up your draft capital. We did hear Eric DaCosta say he would like to have more picks in the draft, which he would always like to have more picks in yeah, the draft. He's... But he did state that at the press conference. Uh, but like we said, that there's two factors on their side to me. First of all, Orlando Brown on the right side in 2021 gives you a better chance to win than him gone, no matter yep. really who you find, because uh, he's one of the best in the league. Second, you have Ronnie Stanley, who's coming off of a – I it was termed a severe ankle injury. I just looked up to see if it was actually, like, said what happened. He just broke his ankle. But severe ankle injury was the terminology of, mm-hmm. the, of what was released. And, like, I'm sure he will come back and be fine, but you also don't know he's going to come back and be fine. And Orlando Brown is a nice guy to have on your team in case Stanley – struggles a little bit or or has a setback in his rehab to slot over to the left side for whatever period of time. So it's a it's a it's a situation with a lot of different um machinations going on right now. Yeah, I think it's really important to have a lot of versatility on the offensive line and Orlando Brown obviously brings that to the table. Um I, I agree with you that the return would would definitely not be something like two two firsts and, and change or anything no like way. that. But I think yeah. it could be could be a first and maybe something a little later. But um, what I like to keep in mind is that, yes, of course, it would be better to have him on the team. If they want to go ahead and make a deal, they damn they better damn be sure that they have a contingency plan to go out and target another right tackle in free agency, or they better have their eyes on one in the draft with, with said draft pick or the 27 pick that they have. And then the one other thing that I always consider when I think about these things, and I know for a fact that Eric DeCosta does too, if they let him walk after 2021, he's a surefire third-round pick, um, yep. compensatory pick in 2023, I guess, is the year that it would be. So, you know, there's there's always that, that you know, gold at the end of that rainbow. So, And yeah, you know just- what else? I mean, we we talked about it all last year. Is the weakest part of that that team basically was the offensive line. So it's like if you do like you were saying, yeah, Brian, he, if you trade him, you've got question marks everywhere. You I don't want more variables there at you, all. You got you got Bozeman, and that's that's about it, right? You know, and obviously uh, Ronnie Stanley when he comes back healthy. But yeah. man, if you if you trade him again, like you said, you better make damn sure that you got someone coming in who's ready to, to go right then and there because there's the leverage, the little yep. bit of leverage that Orlando Brown has. Yep. Yep. And I mean, it, it'll be interesting. Cause like you said, he has a great um, reputation around the city. He's helping Jimmy's with the, 
you know, the famous fun. He's, he's, I mean, he's loved again because of his dad down here and because he's a damn good player. It seemed like, like you said, he came into, he, he came into Baltimore with kind of a, a chip on his shoulder because, you know, the draft stock and stuff like that fell. And it seems like he's done nothing but worked his ass off to get to a spot where, I mean, he was what you could argue that he was one of the five best players in the Ravens last year. I think he played very, very well. And it, again, yeah. it seemed like he was appreciated um, and, and that, that he's someone that the team would want to move forward with. And again, this just, it doesn't seem like it, this isn't a Ravens thing to do the Friday night, send a tweet out about a contract or about money. It just doesn't, yeah. it's not an organizational thing that you've seen. We don't the see this at all. Years. No. And, and you've seen it some with just some of the, you've seen a Bernard Pollard kind of speak out and some guys like that. And he doesn't seem like that type of guy at all. Again, the, 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 his relationship with the city and the team and the front office and Harbaugh, it does, it doesn't seem like, it seems like a, an agent got into his ear and, and, and had, had him say something about it. So it, it was very strange. Um, and I know it's, it's been on everyone's, it's been the number one topic this, this entire week. Yeah. And especially it, it, it's kind of tough. I think if you're Eric Takasa too, because you've just drafted a guy in the third round that, you know, you draft a tackle there and you're thinking, all right, like this guy can be our right tackle. We're not, you know, you want to take a like, left tackles is so, you know, consumed at the top of the draft because it's such a valuable position. And, because, like Banks, you said, he was such a talent. He's just a guy that maybe should have gotten taken as a left tackle in the first round, got taken in the third round, and the Ravens have drafted so well in this spot that they now have two potentially stud guys at the same position, and he just they both can't play the same. They both can't play left tackle. So it's a good um, problem to have. I feel like the too many left tackle. Yeah. I mean, you, again, great we problem. That you just don't want to, as we just said, you don't want it to become public. That is mm-hmm. that is the thing that no organization wants. You want to try to deal with this stuff as internally as possible. Uh, maybe Marlon Humphrey, Humphrey preparing for it, tweeting all NFL free agents hashtag come to the Ravens. One of the great <laughs> recruitment tactics I think I've ever seen from from a player. So simple. Can, stuff. Can, uh, real quick, can we talk about Marlon Humphrey in the offseason? Do you guys like I mean, follow him on Instagram? It's just it's tremendous. Yeah, he's, he's doing. And I talked the to, first offseason you've kind of. No, attention. I followed him for a while, but it's just it's the funniest thing. Like I was talking to Johnny about it. Like he's a legitimate top three cornerback in football in the NFL, and he is working at like a crazy Rays, Ollie's bargain outlet type place and coaching like track in high school track, I think in, in Alabama. He's, a, um, he's an oddball. <laughs> it's just so funny. Cause he's it's literally a cat. And he like is. in the summer, he's walking around that place in Alabama being like, we got sales on this and we got this it, going on. And I'll tell you what, it beats the hell out of Matt man. Elam working at Foot Locker. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, I mean, it's, it's hilarious because again, like he is, he just walks to the beat of his own drum and it's just hilarious. Again, he's not, it's not like he's a fringe guy or a special teams player. He's a legitimate top three cornerback who is slinging deals at whatever place in the middle of Alabama. I, I can't get enough of it. And his, he loves his cowboy boots and <laughs> he had a, he had a photo shoot or a video shoot for cowboy boots last week. I mean, he's, he is an incredible human being. And I, I just had to, I had to get that off my chest and, and talk about it. Yeah, you he's, love Marlon Humphrey. I get it. You've I, loved I, him the entire time we've done this show. Yeah, I, I like him. I mean, we we every time you t- we talk about him, you really I bet you, have you a were glow root- about you. I, you were rooting for him to get that game-ending interception. Yeah, I didn't want it to be Peters. I wanted it to be Marcus. 
You're like Tan- Ryan, please just or throw not, it to Marlon. Marlon, just yeah, I was like, just, just toss it up. Just, just give me that. <laughs> I mean, he is, yeah, he is, he is very, very, very entertaining. Uh, Nick Boyle extended. Banks, that's your guy. He's my, yeah, he's my guy just because he's kind of like the perfect tight end for this offense in terms of just blocking on the edge and just being a bully. Yeah, I, it's good to see him back. And the precursor to the the Ravens really sending it on Lamar Jackson was them extending him what, two, three years ago? It was like three years, 15 million total was the contract. And everyone was like, huh? Nick Boyle? Like, okay. And it's because the guy blocks like maybe might be a top five blocking tight end in the league. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it sucks that he got hurt too. But um, I think this offense kind of gets his teeth back a little bit when he's back in the mix. And, uh you know, I think the guys did a fantastic job replacing him. I mean, Pat Ricard got a little more run, and we all enjoyed seeing that. But uh, it's going to be fun to see Nick Boyle out there for a few more years. Two-year extension for Boyle, who's 27. So he continues on. And, and as you said, you're going to keep playing this way. You need him on the team. His suspension feels like it was like a decade ago. People you forgot told all me that about was that. before Dennis Pitta. And yeah, I, like, you could have been like, yeah, seems about right. I could have told you that that was like, like, Crockett Gilmore or some other tight end. You're like, oh yeah, you know, I remember that suspension. And you would just not remember that it's the same person. It's actually Nick Boyle. It almost feels like he should be older than 27. He does turn 28 in 14 days. So for whatever that's worth. But yeah, he's, he's been around for a while. The Ravens have now lost seven coaches uh, in the offseason. Oh yeah. We didn't, did we talk about that at all? uh, We have talked about it a little bit because it's kind of happened in spurts over the last two to three weeks. Um, but it is a lot of coaches. Uh, we have not talked about the the biggest one um, with Cully heading to the Texans, which is a big deal. Two um, third rounders for EDC. I love it. I mean, that is just, <laughs> just really good, really, really good business. They've lost uh, – I, I may have counted that wrong. They may have lost more than that. Seven defensive coaches. Yeah. Joe Ooh. Collin, Mike McDonald, Jesse Minter, Sterling Lucas, Zachary or Brian Duker. There's also these some of these guys are coaching assistants too. They're not straight position coaches. There's NFL staff. So I was looking at the staff of the O of the two thousand team. Um and it's just such a smaller staff. The NFL NFL yeah. staffs have blown. They're like Big college staffs that, now where you have fourteen staff. offensive analysts um for a college team. Uh and they lost their assistant tight ends coach to, to David Culley's staff in Houston. As you said, the the two third rounders. So the Ravens are gonna have very little continuity on the coaching staff, which is rare considering they retained every coach from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. Um they have to replace some of those Anthony Weaver on the defensive line, uh Rob Ryan, I think we talked about that, who's sort of the first name bandied about there, and then they'll have to bring back Cully, who is very well respected within the organization and, and by John Harbaugh, who I think talk has talked up his head coaching prospects. How crazy is it that, you know, Greg Roman and Wink Martindale are both names that have floated around for, for two years now as potential NFL head coaching candidates. And Coley came from nowhere. I mean, I don't think 95% of Ravens fans knew that person existed. And now this guy's an NFL head coach and he's reaping us two third round picks. Like it's crazy. And I now was, he he heads to the Deshaun Watson fiasco, which will be interesting for him. But. I talked to I, I heard from somebody in the organization; they're shocked that he got hired, and, on, and that wasn't a reflection on him. It was just so from left field because you just don't hear those types of names in the circles because you just hear the same names. It seems like every year well, you hear the coordinators. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. it's you always coordinators. coordinators. I was gonna say, imagine a month ago if, if we you would have said the Ravens losing the second round of the playoffs, 
and they lose seven assistant coaches or, you know, n- not yeah, seven coaches will leave. You would have bet. I mean, maybe not a month ago because we kind of knew the interviews, but two months ago, you would have, I mean, we, you would have thought for sure that it was, I would say it was Wink, Wink and he and, took his whole staff with him. Absolutely. And, and it. yeah, it's just, <laughs> It's crazy, and and I think what were they saying that like isn't Cully's the oldest person to get his the head coaching his first head coaching job at what is he sixty five, um, hmm. and then I I know that the other knocks yep. the other knocks on him were that they were like wasn't he the Ravens wide receivers coach or no he was the Kansas City wide receivers coach they that didn't have a touchdown that, the that year Alex with no Smith, receiving touchdowns yeah yeah and and, and the passing game coordinator passing game coordinator thing which on your favorite a, stat a week or two ago i told everybody hey the ravens have a passing game coordinator because there are people to say like oh greg roman like we need to get a passing game coordinator in here get somebody to like help him with things he doesn't do so well and i'm like we have a passing game coordinator and maybe you guys should be looking for his head, not Greg Roman's. And, and the Houston Texans was, were looking the for the Houston Texans that took him as a head coach. <laughs> I love it. Like, I mean, I love. I I just love picks. I love picks. That's the, what it's really the all about. The book for me. on Cully, and when you've read any of these articles, has not been at all about um, his, I guess, coaching prowess. That's unfair to say. The guy's been an NFL system. I'm sure he's a great X's and O's coach, but. Um, and Harbaugh even talked about it a lot. He is a ener- very full of energy, genuine, honest, connects with players on a really good level. And for a team that's going through some cultural issues, which the Texans certainly are from the back to the front of the organization, and you see that with Deshaun Watson, but J.J. Watt ha- had his entire thing at the end of the year um, and the press conference, ran and raving about, you know, whatever. Uh, Cully seems like a guy that maybe comes in and, 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 and stabilizes your organization from that perspective and brings in coaches and, and, and kind of helps that process filter out. Because it just seems like the turnover that's happened there and, and however the ownership has handled Deshaun Watson and the general manager hire, they have just made some missteps that have made that kind of a – not a, a toxic is, is too strong a word, but not a great environment. And weren't they – weren't the Texans the team that were interviewing McCown – and they were like, they were kind of, yeah. they were almost looking at that hybrid type where like you have a head coach, but you also have this almost like a coach in waiting. They're, they, it looks thing. like they have, they're looking for a CEO type of culture guy. Like they yeah. are looking for a person to set a cultural tone throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the organization. And then how the X's and O's fill in below that is how they fill in below that. So yeah. let's hire Josh McCown. It, it's like, let's hire Jason Kidd or Derek Fisher, and then yep. here's Lawrence or Frank. Or Steve Nash. Here, yeah, or yeah, like, Steve you know. Nash, and here's uh, Mark D'Antoni. Yep. Hire the really – so Cully's really experienced. He's not like a young guy coming out like McCown would have been, but I'm sure they will fill in with some some good assistants. And based on how Harbaugh describes him, he must be a good guy to work for. So we'll see what that staff looks like. But we're not a Texans podcast, so it's not really worth going into. Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. Uh, we talked a lot last week about the salary situation – about the Masson situation, about what the Orioles are doing from a payroll perspective. And then Michael Elias came out and just kept shedding some payroll. They trade Alex Cobb uh, to the Los Angeles Angels for Jemai Jones, second baseman, um, who's been a pretty highly regarded prospect during his road to the major leagues. Uh, the biggest part of that is uh, the Angels were absorbed $10.5 million owed to Cobb this year, uh, and part of that uh, $4.5 million has been deferred. So Michael Ice just continues to shed salary and get athletic prospects uh, as he rebuilds the foundation of the Orioles. Cobb was clearly a guy that was going to be traded at some point, and this was the trade. 
Yeah, and I people were there were people who were upset again, being like, "Oh, well, Cobb is the only I know only know four guys, and Cobb's one of them." <laughs> and like you said, it's like, dude, the guy. I mean, I'm not going to get into his stats, but he wasn't good. Like, and yeah, he had the injury bug, and um, I and I know the win loss is such a bullshit thing. I don't think he he didn't get a home win last year. Um, obviously, shortened season and everything too. But I mean, he wasn't going to be good, like you said. He wasn't going to be here in the long term when they get good. Um, Jemai Jones is, I think he was, he was a top eight prospect for the angels. And now he's, I, I think 19, I think for the Orioles. So he's, he may start opening day, second base. Um, and again, them getting Elias, getting them to, to, to pay all that, that money for Cobb is, is huge too. Um, I'm excited for it. I, I covered his brother actually in the arena football league. Um, just an absolute stud family, the uh, very good friends with, um, Rocket Ismail and and his dad was a stud linebacker who played for the Steelers um, in the '90s. His brother is T.J. Jones, who is was in the NFL. I think he's still in the NFL with the Giants. His sister-in-law Taylor just watched on the Challenge. Um, yes, then, Teresa, who's had a wild couple weeks on the Challenge. Actually, and, she's uh, been very center of the drama. And I, I I could see that going on. Malachi, his brother, posted some stuff on Facebook like all about it. Um, she has been very in the middle of things. And then his, he has like a sister or two, I think, who was like the most – they're the best athletes in the family. So it's a very athletic family. Um, I'm excited to watch him. And, and, again, Cobb, hey, thanks, man. We'll, we'll give you a pat on the butt and we'll, uh, we'll let you go. And, and, you know, they gave it that one last run in 2018 when they signed him and it never turned out to be anything. But, um, I mean, I'm not losing sleep at all about this. Again, I, th- I think their farm system is just getting stronger and stronger. So I'm, uh, I'm all for it. I don't really have much to add there. Alex Cobb wasn't really going to make a big impact on this team for the future. Might as well shed the dollars. We talked, you know, in great length about the financial situation of the Orioles last week. And um, I think that it is kind of really what they're looking to do here is at least shed some of that contract. And, you know, if that's their objective and they, you know, mission accomplished and Jamai Jones, you know, could be a regular, you know, guy for the Orioles. Is Sounds he your like Freddie his- Galvis? He's Freddie pretty Galvis. much my Freddie Galvis. Yeah. Jemai Jones slash 258, 338, 286 in the minors. He has played a little bit in the big leagues. Um, three for seven. Three games. Ooh. Three for seven. So he's hitting, he's a 429 hitter at the big league level. That is just an absolute steal for Michael Eyes. He's gotten a Hall of Famer. War. He's gotten a Hall of Famer for, uh, for Alex Cobb. Jones, and, and this was sort of thrown about Twitter if you're kind of in Orioles Twitter. It's, it's interesting to watch a lot of his work as a GM and see sort of what he likes in players. And you get, I think, a good idea of that because all of the Orioles' trades are for prospects, so you can see kind of what his evaluation is. Uh, and he clearly likes, and I think this was in a, a Dan Connolly article, but very athletic for prospects that their shine is kind of down a little bit. So their value has come yeah. down. But he was at one point the number one prospect in the entire organization for the Angels uh, three or four years ago. So... If you can figure out how to get that guy going, um, at least according to this article, you can get that guy going. Um, Baseball America, 2017 as the Angels' top prospect, fell to 11th before 2020, ninth heading into 2021. I think I saw an MLB pipeline. He fits somewhere in the top 10 for the Orioles, somewhere in the bottom of the top 10, like eighth or ninth. Is that before, I, yeah, Joe, I, is that before Joe Adele? Uh, Joe Adele was. What year was he? Uh, it's not important. Yeah. Okay, I, <laughs> 
Um, that, no, that, I, that I, is not a top, that is not a subject I know top of mind, Joe. Dallas. I thought I thought I read that that Jones was like eighteen or nineteen for the Orioles. It, it yeah, could, no, oh, I maybe I too. maybe I. Oh uh, yeah, maybe I need to put a one in front. Yeah, of they slotted him in like nineteenth. But I mean, you look at that. You look at another team's uh, a team that hasn't had all that much success in terms of the standings. That has probably picked in the top half of the first round over the last decade because we know Mike Trout and his Angels stink. Loser. If their organizational rankings take a player who's ranked seventh and they trade it to ours and the slots in at nineteenth, says something about what we have in our farm system. So hey. There's a little spin zone for you, a little something, you know, something extra to take home. Yeah, Absolutely. not to not to not to to kill the Orioles here, who have admittedly been terrible for three, but the loser Angels, who have the best player in baseball, uh, the MVP every year, and continue to not make the playoffs, uh, have made three trades with Mike Elias and the Orioles since Mike Elias arrived here, uh, giving prospects for Orioles players: Jose Iglesias, Dylan Bundy, Alex Cobb. So to try to win. The Angels have been poaching players from the Orioles, uh, who have been over the last three years the worst team in baseball. So, you know that's one that's really one way to do it uh, for the Angels. And if it works out for the Orioles in five years, screw the Angels. Is, Mike is Trout that, can make the Mike Trout can make. Is that the Mike Trout's fault that his GM's trading for Orioles? Uh, no, maybe, but he could have left instead of signing like a ten-year extension. We don't have to do this again. <laughs> but, but, but uh, I can't. I I would like to get a Hall of Fame vote before Mike Trout is up, so I cannot put him in when he never makes the playoffs again. Wow. No postseason success. Wow. I cannot and make that stance and be the one person that doesn't vote for him. There you go. Not a Hall of Famer. That's not true. I wouldn't. I would vote for him. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, someone's going to make a dumb stance. Some, Tom Verducci's going to make a seven-minute video about why he's, <laughs> he's, voting for, he's voting for Scott rolling over him. So Scott rolling was sweet. Yes, he was. So let's just make that clear. He was he was good. Uh, other Orioles topic. Uh, a lot of the Alex Cobb articles talked about. Oh, the Orioles will probably fill in the rotation with some uh, former major league pitcher or some you know down on their luck major league pitchers to minor league deals. And here it is: Felix Hernandez uh, signs a couple hours before we started recording here. Uh, John Heyman on the deal there. The King, long live the King, the King of Baltimore. King's court, baby. It's coming to Baltimore. I had someone suggest the uh, the flag court, have uh, make that the Kings flag court. I can get down with that. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I love it over there. It's a great spot. Just, just absolutely awesome beers and you know hang out. I, it, we don't want the visual of a section to be dedicated to one player and then have it just be. I mean, COVID, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. But we don't want it to be like kind of empty and not really looking great. Like, yeah, Marty, we don't need that put in the, <laughs> uh, the atmosphere. We don't need that visual. But Marty. if we make it the flag court, it doesn't, you know. That's what the guy said. He suggested there. it. He said people are always on the railing regardless of the attendance. Yeah. You give them a K and you let them hang out there. It's like, yeah, I, I like it. I like it a lot. I'll go out there. I'll there go we out go. there. We'll have exit 52 on the King's Court. Sure. Hey, drink drink the King of Beers out there. Yeah, drink, oh. the, King, drink the King of Beers. Love, you love the King of Beers. I love so the that, King of Beers. King so of Beers br- for a reason. Bring out the King of Beers. Bring out the bring out the Ks. Uh, bring out the crowns and, and head to the flag court. Uh, the King, <laughs> admittedly, has not been good lately. 2019, 1-8 with a 6-4 ERA, 71 and two-thirds. This is a minor league deal. Uh, we'll see. Didn't pitch last year. so Very could... low, low risk, 
High reward. I high, mean, high, high reward being a very relative, relative statement. The high reward being he makes it to the bigs and I can buy a jersey. That's that's what I I'm think. That's for. what we're all after here. Like, yeah. If and, like and if, if he could come out and have one vintage start at Camden Yards in front of a crowd, that would be very fun. Oh, it would be awesome. And like again, I mean, if you want <laughs> him to, to, you know, tutor and mentor some of the young guys, plus again, like. If he can make a couple good starts, and if someone, if there's a playoff team who needs a starter, and they want to bite on him for, I don't know, you know, an extra arm out of the bullpen <laughs> or something. If anyone nibbles, Mike Elias if, is gonna go. If Mike Elias gets a beating heart for this guy, then I will. <laughs> I mean, I'll lose. Or, I will, or, I'll lose it. Or a stack of you know five hundred thousand dollars in international bonus pool money. Send I think it that over, might, bud. That, that yeah, send it over. I think Absolutely. that might even be more Absolutely. of the uh, of the of the ask there. Uh, for the king, so we'll see what the king does. I, it's just great. I love just calling him the king. It's just very fun to call. I him say the we king. go get another couple of these kind of guys. Just throw big sexy in the mix. Just you know, throw him out there. Maybe maybe take another world with uh, Johan Santana. Even you know, do that. We yeah. do that. Roger Clemens. He may finish business. Why, why don't we just pick up all these guys who are who are still on the ballot for the Hall of Fame? I would love if we signed. I mean, Barry Bonds would be just. I mean, I bet Raffy. Just bring back. I Raffy. bet Barry. I bet Barry could still hit. Oh my I god! Bring back Raffy. Get the Viagra commercials going. It could be a good time. Yeah, I'm, I could be done for that. I could. Be that done. would be. But, oh man! By the way, too, <laughs> I, I did want to report. We had. I have a buddy who used to work for Mass, and I'm not going to name him. He texted me last night and said, "You guys absolutely nailed, nailed." Uh, the Masson talk last week. Oh, that's very nice of him. So to say. he he was like, we he said that they would um, uh, suggest things to the network on how to expand, and it was nope. We're here to do baseball, and that's it. And it was like okay, yeah. There there we go. So again, I, I won't name names, but but they uh, they they said you guys nailed it. I I'm not thrilled to be right about that, but I'm <laughs> yeah, also, which is I'm like, not yeah. I'm not surprised either. Yeah, it's just it, it's it's just the it's almost too obvious what it when you watch what had happened, how it happened. And Mm -hmm. hopefully, hopefully that gets better. And if we need to, if the X52 podcast needs to come in here and give some people some Orioles post game, we might jump on a couple, we might jump on a couple zooms. We'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, uh, as the season goes, especially if that, when the King makes his first career start, I mean, when the King is going to be out there, I think, I think we broadcast live from Camden for the King. (laughs) Oh yeah. Build us a studio, whatever in the warehouse. We'll build it ourselves. Just, you know, all we need is, 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 is three mics and, and the King's court and we'll, and my crown. Yeah. I'll, I'll roll up there on a, on a fake horse and, and we can do, I've got my scooter. (laughs) I can, I've got my scooter. I can be there in like four minutes. Let's do it. I I can walk there. You live in the shadow of the the damn thing. Yeah, so we we we'll 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 talk about it. We'll if you're a Masson, like running up the ladder, you know, running up the flagpole, whoever needs to talk, like, hey, the exit fifty two DMs, the email, it's wide open. We're ready to talk baseball at Camden Yards whenever you're ready. to Put a mic in front of us. Ready to talk King. Ready yeah. to talk Freddie Galvis. Ready to talk. Ready. I'll be more prepared to talk Jemai Jones. <laughs> we more prepared to talk. <laughs> there wasn't much. There wasn't much prepared to talk to him uh, right now. So Three that's, for seven. That's three for seven. The <laughs> Orioles, um, we just continue to move towards spring training. Uh, there's now some th- some thought out there that Major League Baseball is going to start on time. I saw some of that bandied about social media the last couple of days. So uh, we'll see. What was snip, there snap, even to snip, discuss snap. on that? Why were why they? I saw the the article come out like uh, league proposes 154 game schedule. I was like. Wait, wait, why are we negotiating again? Why are we in the same spot? Play the games. You threw the schedule out 
absurdly early. Mm-hmm. So play it. It's right there in front of you. Play the damn games. That's my piece. They, they can't do much more to impact the negativity the fans feel oh towards God. the entire process. And if this one stretches, games. if this one, if this one stretches in for a while, I, I mean, there's just they have no sense. They just have no sense. So we'll see. Save us, baseball. Ken Griffey Jr. For the love yes. of God. Yes. Now, now in Major League Baseball, working on what player relations and diversity. I think see, senior advisor to Rob Manfred. That I'm sure that's I'm sure that's a heck of a job. Um, that'll be that'll be very interesting to see if he can help Manfred repair reputation. That who I'll tell you what. There's a probably a separate podcast to be done on some of the career arcs of some of these commissioners. Get uh, NHL lockout Gary Bettman and Goodell. Goodell probably two or three years ago are like got the most booze. Manfred is getting there. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he is getting there. Yeah, so. the, the piece of metal really really uh, won people over. This this NFL season happening the way that it did, relatively problem free, relatively um, all two fifty six games. It's it's a bit of a feather in the NFL's cap, yeah, and they're going to have a Super Bowl on Sunday. And yeah, Barber honestly, almost, uh, set that off. Yeah, Goodell with the draft from the basement yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. That was big. Helped him. It yeah, did help that him. Was big. He, that's the most relatable he's ever been. That was, really uh, they was. nailed the draft given what they could work with. And these other leagues, for the most part, NBA's done a great job. NHL's been a real mixed bag. Um, but MLB just shooting themselves brutal. In the over and over. <laughs> yeah, they really are. And the, yeah, the NBA. This is, this is just a trashy MLB podcast. <laughs> Which we don't want to because I think we the don't three want of to. us, you two guys especially, love baseball. And it's 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 sad that locally at times, and we we I, I do think that the Orioles are are trying to do the right things to make the team better. So we I think we think we've given them enough credit for that. But just in the state of the sport as a whole, it's just, it's just so many things that that, and they did get through their season too. But man, do they have it? Ah, we keep talking about this. Man, do they have an opportunity? We're moving on. Uh, the Washington Capitals. Do you guys have any thoughts on their start, which has been very very good? Hey, they've they've scored a you know they've recorded a point in damn near every game so far. They, they blew the three goal lead a game after they blew a three goal lead, but came through. But um, you know the Vanacek, the goalie, coming in from uh, really coming through from South Carolina a couple of years ago, the ECHL team like worked his way up very slowly. Got an opportunity here with Samsonov, uh, getting getting the Rona. Um, him, him getting the opportunity and taking advantage and winning rookie of the month is a really cool thing. And it was cool to see the guys celebrate um, him getting that award. And it's also been really cool. I, I've, I've, you know, watched hockey for a lot of years, have not really cared for, for LaViolette as a coach, you know, on the opposing bench, but he's been fun to watch the way that this locker room after having, just an absolutely brutal showing up in the the bubble in Toronto last spring or whatever they played. Um, it wasn't the spring at all. It was like <laughs> late summer, but they look like a broken team and they look like a very, you know, you know, a lot of camaraderie with this, with this new team with some new guys mixed in and Chara being the kind of the new Orpic, um, you know, it's been cool to watch. I was going to say, I mean, the scene when Char scored that goal the other night was him skating over to the bench and it, it looked like, like wow. a Stanley Cup game seven winner. I yeah. mean, they were, they were going nuts for him. So, 
and and again, I mean, they, we had we thought we had the the king falling right into our lap, and what was that? Three or four weeks a month before the season, could have had two kings in the DMV. Yeah, if I you mean, consider Baltimore part of the DMV, we don't sure. need that discussion either. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, that that was a big that was a big knock a, a month a month and a half before the season. You you lose the guy you thought was going to be your starting goalie. So yeah, they, they've been fun to watch again without their 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 main guys without without Kuzi who's still out without Ovi. They were just racking up points, and I, I, it's it's a it's a talk for a different podcast. But I hate the shootouts. I am so done with shootouts. <laughs> uh, it's 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 ridiculous. I got no problem with the shootouts. You just go from that. I exciting think the, the three, three, on three on three was a great was a great change that they made three four years ago, and I think that they could go ten minutes with that. I mean, mm-hmm. if you if it's only three players on the ice, then you've got 17 other skaters or, or whatever um, that are ready to go. Like you could go for a longer overtime and not, you know, have overly fatigued players because you can change mm-hmm. them out and all that stuff. And people yeah, love the three depth. on three. So so let the three on three rip 10 minutes and then do shootout. I was going to say, if you want to go 10 or 15 minutes and then have it. 10 minutes without sure. a goal and three on three is, seems very hard to do. Yeah, but – yeah, overall, go go Caps. The 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 their new their new sweaters look good. I thought the other night. Yes, they did. They, they look clean. Good. I don't like them. I don't like love them, but they're they're very clean. Um, I've seen worse. better than most teams. I think. I mean, we talked about. It, I think when they released them early on, one of our first episodes. These some of these jerseys are freaking phenomenal. Like the Minnesota Wild, out of oh. this world. Oh, I hate so to good. say it. I hate to say it. The Penguins the other night. I gotta say they look pretty good too. They look good, and I. I, I know I had said it earlier on that podcast, but I just texted a group of my buddies and I, I was like, this is, it's crazy how well the NHL did with this. And they have, they put it on a tee and they fucking murdered it. Everything they've done has been, has been great Jersey wise and something MLB would yeah. have absolutely just tripped over themselves. Uh, yeah. if they tried to do something like this. Taylor threw some hockey talk at us when we were not ready for it at all. No, I didn't know we were doing I, caps. I, thought, I, thought we I said before I said, I said, we're putting caps on the list. We'll, we'll do a roundup. Oh, you yes. must have been doing my bop, 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 bop thing. I probably was was just, yeah, thinking about uh, Well, the nicknames. thing is, I know you guys are ready for hockey talk. Couple, couple Caps guys, throw them a throw. Well, anybody listen to the Caps, get a little talk about it. And now we'll talk about the weirdest team in college basketball, the Maryland Terrapins, who are a bubble team with a just over 500 record. They have, more, they have the same amount of wins as any team in the country over ranked teams. They um, get blown out and then beat really good teams. Uh, they are 39 in the Kempom. They have one of the weirdest resumes that we've really ever seen uh, in this very weird year of college basketball. But beat Purdue last night at Xfinity Center. I was in attendance, down five with 134 to go. Came on back, got it done. One of the hardest teams to predict that I've ever watched, rooted for, covered, been associated with, got paid a salary by the team that plays. Very bizarre. But the Terps are there. The guys play hard. Daryl Morsell does not like losing, and he plays like he doesn't like losing. And when Aaron Wiggins can make shots and Eric Ayala can kind of run the team in a decent way and the Terps play active on the defensive end, they can get some things done. It also helps when they don't play a team with a seven-footer. It's It's been really interesting because, um, you know, the roster, it's really not an impressive roster whatsoever. And um, – there is certainly some blame to put on Mark Turgeon. Like there always is, it seems uh, for the way that this roster has been constructed and the way that there's a lot of limitations at, at play. 
But the one thing I think he's done better than any year yet is, is work with the pieces at hand and motivate them and get them to play hard. I don't know if that has to do with like Daryl Morcel's a hell of a leader. That guy, man, he is, you know, all time, all heart Terrapin there. I mean, he, he just plays his, you know, he literally plays his face off. Like I <laughs> had a dent in his face on New Year's Eve. Um, and, uh, they just keep surprising me. They keep kind of pulling me back in. I mean, they're only four and seven in the Big Ten, and it's a loaded conference. I know Mark Turgeon loves to tell everybody it's a tough league, but he's really, you know, gotten us to this point where we're four and seven. I think there's only one ranked team left on the schedule. Um, what, what are they playing? 18 league games this year? So they're what they're seven conference games left, maybe? Um, they maybe have nine. eight games left on the schedule. They're still playing 20. Um there is a game. They're try, they're, there's a game against Nebraska that still theoretically needs to be made. Okay, sure. So, so there are I, nine more games if they can get all of the games in. But right now, eight scheduled. My general rule of thumb, and like for any conference, is like if you're sub 500 in conference play, I just don't think you should be in the tournament. With where, the way their position and the schedule is kind of laid out here, you know, ten and ten is very foreseeable if they keep playing hard the way that they are, and that could work their way into the tournament. And you know. That's that would be kind of a feather in the cap for this team because I think myself included, a lot of people wrote this team off very early in the season, before the season even. Um, and they've they've kind of put together a, kind of a, an admirable little stretch here. So we'll see how it plays out. And what was the stat about Turgeon not winning ranked road games? Because he's done that, what, three times this year, right? He had not won one. It was, it, was, Iowa, it was a long time. It was Iowa, a long time. Two years ago, they won on the road, and he hadn't won a ranked road That's, game. Yeah. I don't remember the exact number. Um, and now he has. They they won a couple last year. They, I know Illinois was one. I, I'd have to go back and look at the schedule. Now they won three this year. The caveat of it all and, and is these games, having been at these games, it's just so much different when nobody there. I mean – we Maryland is that Xfinity Center crowd because you guys have all been at games there. Lifts and Mark Turgeon said it in the press conference last night. You know, lifts them to games that they, maybe when they're not playing well and they shouldn't win, and they win because you have the crowd and that affects the opponent and helps us. And you go on the road and that's you know a team like Illinois where Maryland won or Wisconsin where Maryland won. Not to take anything away from those wins, those places would be rocking. I mean, and and so it's just such a weird college basketball year because you're seeing teams lose at home. Like Maryland is losing at home like they never lose at home, even in, in years where they're not very good. And it's because you just don't hey, – even when you even when there's not – you know, when there's 12,000 at Xfinity Center, it's just different than when there's a bunch of staff people and the only people cheering are the two benches. So it's just a very different environment. It is a credit to the Terps, as you said. They continue to, when they get written off – come back and win a game that gets you back in. Their schedule definitely opens up now at Penn State on Friday where it's just a total house of horrors. They've got to reverse that and win that game. Ohio State, who's rolling on Monday uh, at home at Xfinity Center. And then the Terps go Minnesota, who's struggling. Nebraska, who's the worst team in the Big Ten by far. Rutgers, who has been down since they blew out the Terps a few months ago and looked like one of the best teams in the country. They now do not look like that. This is the worst Michigan State team in maybe two decades. They are the – they're – they come to Xfinity Center, and then Northwestern and Penn State to finish it. There's a lot of potential wins there on the schedule. The other scuttle is that Big Ten teams with sub-500 records, if they can get to eight or nine wins, have a very good chance to get in if they have marquee wins, and Maryland has the marquee wins. They, ha they have 
taken the top-level scalps they need at the top of the resume. Now they've got to fill in the bottom and get a couple games over 500 in the overall record because they're listed at 10-8. and eight. They're really 9-8 and because the Wingate game doesn't count towards anything. <laughs> so uh, if, they can, if, you, if they can get to 10-10, and 10, they'll definitely get in. Yeah. Even if they can get to 9 or even potentially 8, depending on who the losses are to, that could also get them in. It's just going to be a question of what the bubble looks like because the year is so weird with no non-conference games and a lot of conferences down. I mean, the ACC stinks. It stinks. I mean, Duke is not good. That's a mid-major conference. Yeah, Duke is not Somebody good. Somebody had Carolina to say Carolina is not good. It's it's wild. I mean, it's truly wild. Uh, and and somebody did say it. I saw that uh, saw that on Twitter. But I was. Um, I the Big Ten s- is the Big Ten is just a very good league. I mean, these Big Ten teams are really good. <laughs> like it's that a Purdue, tough league. That Purdue team, that Purdue team, which is like Matt Painter has had to replace guys. You know, they're good. I mean, Pain- watch them. Matt like, Painter's a really good coach. Yeah, he's done an amazing job there the last few years. So did did Penn State let go of Chambers? Yeah, they. Yeah, yeah. that was like he a month scan- before. Yeah, I couldn't remember scandal. if he was just like suspended or if they actually let him go. They had the scandal with the with the with the one player earlier in the summer maybe and they and investigated like and they before, didn't like the investigation. they let it go and then he then ended up resigning so maybe it had to do with it yeah. the guy who's there who's na- ferry the assistant coach whose name escapes me right now jim ferry maybe has done a pretty good job i mean they beat wisconsin and they if they could have gotten over 500 they were kind of building some wins that could have gotten him a tournament resume too so they have all the same guys it's isaiah brockington and all these guys that have been there for like 14 years. So, but the Terps do not win at Penn State right now, and it's going to be the exact same atmosphere because there's not normally anybody at those games, and there's not going to be anybody <laughs> at that game on Friday. So, uh, Maryland basketball has a chance, uh, and we will see how this topsy turvy season goes. We should print uh, those shirts. Maryland basketball on the back has a chance. Has a chance in 2021 because <laughs> they do. Weird Maryland, I think, is what the some of the national writers are calling us right now. So we'll see. Uh, very, very very weird team and uh that's our college basketball not a ton else to talk about really with the local i would say like if we were getting to the tournament maybe one of the local teams wins but it doesn't look like any of the baltimore teams or any of these teams are are kind of mm. putting together where they're going to be a fun mid-major it'll be interesting even what the tournament looks like or what those conference tournaments looks like i just can't get into college basketball like i usually can it's just not the same it's just such a different it really is and i was looking around last night at xfinity center it's close the whole game thinking I mean, this place would just be those Aaron Wiggins gotta, back-to-back you know. threes. I mean, it would just exploded. You know, when they came back against Wisconsin, made it a two-point game after being down. That it would have exploded. I mean, you watch the and you watch the games on the road. You I mean I hate Duke, but you watch Cameron Indoor, and it's like super weird. It's super weird. A place like Illinois, best team in so long. Iowa, best team in so long. You just feel feel for some of the Baylor. I mean, you feel for some of the teams that are having have really talented groups and would be selling out home games and. College basketball is not the same without the fans. It's one of the most glaring, glaring ones that gets affected by no fans, for sure. The there, I was thinking, I was watching another sport the other day, and now I'm I'm going to start this point and not be able to remember that was really impacted by not having fans. Maybe it was college basketball, but yeah, there's just a couple that you can just really tell that don't have it. So, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, March Madness, the CBS music, the stakes mm-hmm. gives us a little bit of that college basketball magic that is just. Unlike any other sport, uh, we will move to our draft this week. We've been doing the starting fives, gentlemen. We were going to do a starting five this week, and then you guys went and did so much freaking research on nicknames. We're going to do a starting nine. So we're going to do best sports nicknames. 
We'll go from basketball. We'll roll a baseball trope into this thing. I have the first pick. Um, Eric, you have the second pick, and Banks has the third pick. The parameters of the draft are this. Nine picks. Four of them have to fill the quota of one hockey, one basketball, one baseball, one football. The four major sports have to be filled by one of these picks. And you can't just pick from the four major sports. You have to have at least one other pick that's from a non-big four sport. So soccer, boxing, MMA, whatever. Sport or league? So he's asking, is it NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, or would? It doesn't matter to me. Okay. But that's yeah, I, it doesn't I, matter I, to I me either. All right. I, yeah. it's a, I'll ask the question when it, when it comes up. I'll, okay. I'll, okay. I'm assuming this is going to be a I don't, don't want to give it away. But. Or inter, maybe international thing. We'll see. Uh, I do have the first pick. Uh, and with the first pick, just comes so much responsibility in these drafts. Past drafts, Los Angeles taken as the first travel to NFL City. Uh, Marty Suma, not on this week, uh, took the Super Bowl 35 halftime show at the number one overall pick in our draft last week. And for the number one overall pick in the nickname draft, um, I, I there's so much. I mean, there's too much here. There's too many number one overall pick talents. To to, to you just can't. There's not a there's not a clear this draft one is pick flush. Draft. It's it's flush. It's it's. I mean, Eric DaCosta would be showering himself with 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 picks. He would just be trading for all the picks. Eighty three NFL draft. It's incredible. Uh, but I will take uh, an iconic one, uh, one that has that 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 everybody knows that has had a lot of impact on my life and is one of my favorite all time athletes. Uh, I've got to take Tiger Woods. Uh, Tiger being the nickname uh, with the number one overall pick. I love Tiger. Always love Tiger. His nickname has become his name. First name, real name, Eldrick Woods. Nickname Tiger. It's tremendously fitting because of the way he, you know, plays and his and 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 it's just cool. And it made him cool. It made golf cool. It's arguably the most impactful nickname in the history of sports uh, from a historical perspective. And it's also a freaking awesome nickname and allowed him to have you know tigers on his bag and it's just tremendous. So great nickname and it replaced a tough first name. If this guy was Eldrick Woods, I mean. Just not not as major of a star. So Tiger Woods, that's a pick. I thought that that might get passed over for a little bit just because it's it's almost – some people probably believe that that's his actual first name. Like yeah. it's just so synonymous with who he is where it's basically his first name, not even like a nickname per se. Yeah, there's some um, of these ones that are tough because they got, they've got they gotten called this for their entire life, but it's still a nickname because it's not his name. I don't think right. – People were like really know why where that nickname came from or anything. Would you like to give a backstory? I believe it was one of his father's uh, yep buddies from war and from Vietnam. The yep, from the Marines, and he supposedly saved his life at least once, if not twice. And there was some I, sort I, of, and I can't remember if it was a Vietnamese. I think it was a Vietnamese soldier that he they work were working with. Yeah, when he was in the yeah. army of the Marines or whatever it was. Yeah. Eldrick Taunt Woods. So, yeah. So, it's Tiger funny, Woods. I had Tiger question mark because I was going to be like, I, is this technically count as a nickname or not? Because, again, I knew that it wasn't his it's name. Like but so synonymous with his, just his name yeah. as a whole. So I was kind of surprised by the pick that early. But it's a good pick, though. It's it. A, it puts asses in the seats. I think people would buy jerseys and tickets to, it's, you know. I mean, what a perfectly crafted just – 
aura of a person. Like it's just from so many angles for me, just make Tiger Woods what he is. Obviously the fact that he's the best golfer of all time. I don't even, I personally don't think there's really an argument there, but um, just the rest of the picture, just like the fact that he had racial influence and um, had the attitude and he would just had the brand and, and obviously the name Tiger Woods. It's just, it's crazy. Eric. I, I gotta go again, stacked. I mean, my draft board is just, I've got so many names in front of me. So I, many names. There's so many. I mean, I could pick, I legitimately could pick 10 of these and I think I would be perfectly okay with it being number one. I mean, I got to stick true. I got to go Iron Man. Okay. I, I think I, I kind of thought Taylor was going there. I, it sounded um, like he was with yeah. his explanation. Yeah. The influential and, part, but yep. he was the top of my MLB board. I figured he had to be. Yeah. There's a couple others that are there too, but I mean, Iron Man is, is like you said, not just a Baltimore thing. It's a baseball thing. It's a, it's a, it's just a national, I mean, everyone knows Iron Man. So I, I feel comfortable, uh, taking that number one those are two two good picks to start off no explanation needed that one for this this listener base i'm gonna go i'm gonna jump the nfl here i am going to take prime time yep he is just the attitude i mean everything about dion is prime time you just look at the face you look at everything he's done he's prime time he calls himself prime i mean shout out to Deion sanders that's a first round pick no doubt it's a great pick uh working our way back here um I mean, we just went for some sweet nicknames. Um, there's a lot of different angles of what you could take greatest nicknames. Um, I'm going to – I think I might knock out my my NBA pick here. I'm going to go with the round mound of rebound. Mm, mm-hmm. I one. think that's just such a phenomenal – just flows right off the tongue. Everybody likes Charles Barkley. Um, it's a fitting nickname. God, could that guy rebound the hell out of the basketball. Um, he had other nicknames too. Let's, I mean, do we, Sir, do we count out Sir Charles? Sir Charles. Sir Charles, is great. Yeah. Yeah, Sir Charles. So I'm going to take round mount of rebound. One of the best parts of researching this was if you go to any of the basketball reference or baseball reference, there's a million nicknames listed for some of these guys. Ones that I just never heard that. I, don't I know, even know nobody even calls them. And I just yet. wonder <laughs> if there's an inside joke and whoever runs this company that runs all these reference to just like put nicknames in and see if they can get them to stick post these people's careers it's very very funny There's i almost wanted to make a point i forget what i was looking at but i was looking at baseball reference and obviously um ted williams has the whole thing and it has on his actual baseball reference page like frozen because they like to put where players huh. are buried and stuff like that and his just says frozen who who died recently that was is doing the frozen it was, thing um wasn't it shit who was it it wasn't hank aaron it was um just I don't doing think the frozen thing. What a way to put God, it. God, <laughs> seriously, King. Somebody... Larry King. Larry King is he Larry doing the King, frozen yep. thing? Oh, what a preposterous move! I forget what. <laughs> like, I think somebody else was just oh, that guy's cremated, and I was like, what a weird thing to put on a page. Anyways, there's I, I can't remember exactly what I saw, but something jumped out of me, and it was shocking to me. But anyways, Baseball Reference is an interesting place. Um. It's was that back. your? Did you do two? No, I'm supposed to do two. Yes, you are. And I'm thinking my way through what I want to do with this. Um, I think that there's a slight drop off here. I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with the big hurt. 
I've yeah. always loved that Nick. That nickname. high on my board. Yeah, the Big Hurt is an awesome nickname. Um, I mean, he just looked like a big bruise of a person. He literally looked painful. It, it's it's a perfect nickname, which is funny because now you watch Frank Thomas on on TV, and he seems like the nicest guy in the world. He's a sweetheart. He's but got the eugenics commercials. Has too. The, <laughs> he just looked intimidating in the box. He's a huge guy and absolutely destroyed baseballs. It's a perfect nickname. David Ortiz dumping the oil. Was it the vodka? And, and yeah, whatever he, he was like drinking the one water time. Bottle up. His face, <laughs> like, he could have, like, seriously, now that would be a, a rough and rowdy. David Ortiz versus Frank Thomas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the big heart. Easy pick. Very good one. All righty. Um, I am going to go. I, I'm going NFL, and I'll take this guy. Um, not only is he probably one of the best to play his position, um, I, I the nickname. I think I took three. <laughs> did you? I, I thought you. I don't I know. I think what, I took three. Who did you take? You took. <laughs> oh, we're not even tracking the draft. What a joke. Well, I'm tracking mine. I dragged mine down. I just took three. You took. Who did you take? I um, took, took Thomas Sanders and Barkley. I'm not even paying attention. I took Barkley on my second pick. Wow, people are really, really. Seeing, I went Dion one. The of these things. Yeah, geez. So you're you're giving Big Hurt back. Got to give him back. I got to give back Big Hurt. Wow. Shit. EDC rolling over. Uh, he may not get back, back to you. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Real shame. Uh, <laughs> um, this one, again, NFL, um, the nickname was popular for him. I feel like it, it became – there's a movie that was released, and he, he, he was compared to one of the characters. I, I'm going Megatron. For Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson, mm-hmm. I think that fits him so well. Tremendous. Um, that, I mean, him just being an absolute monster of a man, and the Transformers, you know, movies that came out, and it was, it was. I, I always loved how how they kind of just formed together as one. One. So I'm I'm taking Megatron. Yeah, that. I mean, just the way he played. That's such a good one. Um, I am gonna get an NBA one out of out of the way and uh, obviously a sentimental for a lot of reasons over the last year. I'm going to take the Black Mamba, uh, Kobe Bryant, which is a nickname I've loved in for a long time. I think it obviously incorporated him and was a part of his personality. And it's just a, one of the better – there's not a lot of nicknames that people give themselves that worked, and he gave himself the nickname Black Mamba, but it just fit the guy very perfectly. I love the nickname the Black Mamba. I think it's just absolutely badass. The snake – Sort of logo now on the Kobe's. The whole thing is just tremendous. So you're not you're not going to get an argument from the snake guy. Um, I'm going to take the black mamba here. As I mean, B- Banks is just frazzled and scrambling down there <laughs> after taking three picks in a row. Really, one of the the great mess ups in the history of the draft. Um, whew. this is tough. This is tough. Because I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I, I have the big hurt very high on the board. I just – it feels – I, I feel bad. I feel bad not letting you have him back because you just were so happy that you got him. And you're shrugging. You're shrugging. You're acting like it doesn't matter. Do what you got to do, man. It's You're acting like it doesn't matter. God, there's so many great – just so many good ones. There's so many great ones from sports that just like <laughs> – just like out there. Oh, man. This is going to be a great recap when we're when we can't pick everybody. Um, but I'm taking a big hurt. I'm taking a wow. big hurt. He was on the top of my baseball board. I got to get him. I'm happy to get him. We don't have to explain it again. RDT. This is, again, another grew, grew up loving this guy. Um, and the, the nickname is fantastic. 
one of the most influential players, maybe the last, I don't know, 25, 30 years. White chocolate. Uh, Gotta go white chocolate. He was high on my list. (laughs) He's just, I mean, the, the elbow pass, everything. The white boy tattoos on his knuckles. It's just that's a good pick. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Fun, fun facts. This is gonna like be like a whoa. I did his tax return a couple years ago. I thought you were gonna say that he played uh like <laughs> no, high school I, basketball with Randy Moss because no, 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 nobody no. knows that. I came out of left field with just a real nerdy CPA uh I think, yeah. I think comment you there. Talk taxes to me. I think you you may have sent DMs I, are I, open. We can talk. I feel like I knew about that, but it's not like you sent me his tax returns, but I think you said, like, I'm doing this person's tax, tax returns. I'm far enough removed where I think yeah, it's Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if there's him, statute of limitations. Well, this will be – we'll see if we out. come back next week after this discussion. Yeah, bleep it out. Shoot <laughs> the podcast. We'll I got I got more NBA <laughs> names of returns I did, but I'll keep those to myself. So it is back to me. Two for you. Recover. All right, all right. This is an easy recovery for me because I was actually torn between these two when I took the big hurt, and I think that they're just neck and neck. I'm taking the big unit. Yes, the big yep. unit, uh, big time <laughs> big lefty. Unit. I mean, that's it's also just all just dripping with entendres. Um, and the guy is, <laughs> I mean, he's a fucking unit. I mean, he's six ten or whatever. So um, I'm taking the big unit, Randy Johnson, former Oriole, Randy Johnson. I think. No, no, I'm getting so. mixed up with Schilling, I think. Yeah, Schilling, yes, yeah, Schilling. Um, he was giant, Yankee. Right, so I've gone, I've dipped into the three main Everything ones else, so far. I'm going to go with my other, I think. And I'm going to go with the Flying Tomato. Oh, on my board. Ooh, Great yeah. pick. Great pick. Yep, he I'm was going next. Flying Tomato. We've, we've, we've exchanged because he was getting picked by me next. I'm, oh. I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. <laughs> the flying tomato that's a, is such that's a, a, good a clip, a very underrated clip that I think a lot of people forgot that existed. But if you haven't seen it, Google Sean White Mountain Dews, and it's just him when he's age 20 after winning the gold medal at I don't remember which Olympics, but they're just he's just talking about how life's been so sweet since he won the gold gold medal, and like people are just like buying him drinks and stuff, and they're like, whoa, 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 you're 20 years old, and he's just like. I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. <laughs> Guys, is great character. All so, time, yeah. Flying tomato. Is that your one or two? That is my my second. That is the second. The first pick of the fourth round. So you are back up. So, like, do I have to fill my NHL one before I go to the miscellaneous one? No, no, you no. Can, you can do whatever you want. All you right. Can, yeah. We just talked about him. Give me the kid. We're going Griffey. I figured mm. that would go at some point. Yeah, I thought that was that was uh, again very iconic. Just a kid. Mm. Yeah, he's sweet. He's just sweet. It's just yeah. He is a star. Major League Baseball needs a guy like Ken Griffey Jr. really, really badly. <laughs> Not to get, take it back to the baseball talk, they could really use a guy like him. He just that guy was so fun to watch, and it, it, it stinks that he got he got hurt. Uh, as much as he did late in his career, but um, okay. So those are those are some great picks from you guys. I mean, we we're just praising each other here, but it's just really hard not to because there's just so many good ones. There's so many good ones. Oh man, just I got like three lists. Mm. I, I just want to take. I honestly, just want to take random ones. I need an NHL. I need NHL, and I need. 
NFL. So I gotta get my I gotta get those out of the way, and then I'll just kind of start going kind of crazy here. Um, I I think this one I think this one this one is 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 a little bit more of an old school one, but I but I I've always kind of loved it because it's just simple, but incorporate the guy. I'm taking Gordy. I'm taking Mr. Hockey. That's I love classic. Mr. Hockey. I I just think that that that's what he means to that sport. And I was gonna take the great one, freaking Gretzky, but give me Mr. Hockey. Mr. Hockey. If was you're on Mr. My board. If you're Mr. Something, yeah, you're something. I mean that that's that's big. So I'm gonna take Mr. Hockey. Put him on the team. Get the NHL out of the way, which is easily the sport I know least about that we talk about at any time. Um, and then. Oh, football, 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 football. Let me look back through my board here. Not a guy with I there's there's people on my list that have accomplishments, but I truly think this is an iconic nickname. I'm taking Jared Lorenz in the hefty lefty. Mm. I'm taking the hefty lefty. It's a good one. I almost I almost took another guy more of a legend. I'm not gonna give it out because maybe he'll go later. But I'm taking the hefty. Oh, that was my sat, next pick. <laughs> I sat, I sat, some stat stuff obviously happened with Jared Lorenzen. With there's some E60 stuff on that. But are um, you staking a claim to all his nicknames? Uh, uh, no. Um, I, don't I think, think that, should I think to do that. I, I don't know what you guys think. I think if you have multiple nicknames, I think they're they should be up for grabs. Mm. Uh, it. I mean. I I know because yeah. I know which one you're also, thinking of, and it's a great obviously, nickname. It's a, it's a great nickname. So good. All right, Peter Lorenz, who died in 2019, sadly, yeah. unfortunately. Um, Agreed. But, yeah, I, yeah. However, we want to do it. It's fine with me. But Jared Lorenzen, hefty left. All righty. Um, I am also going to cross my NHL one off. It's it's it was probably the first hockey nickname that I that I grew to know and root for. And it's only the goalie. Mm. Okay, yeah, that was also on my board. Yeah, I it had if if it's you're a Capitals fan, yeah, it's, I thought I mean, you were gonna go similar era, different nickname, different player. Um, but don't it up. Don't, I don't, I, yeah, I think we, I have we'll an idea about this. Yeah. I guess pick. it is. Yeah, it's back to me. Jeez, um, good pick. Whew. Damn it, I really wanted the hefty lefty. I don't think that we should be taking like double dipping on players. Nah, nah, nah. No, nah. I don't think okay. that we should. So the Pillsbury throw boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's an all time nickname. It's yes, just it so is. good. It's so I wouldn't good. feel right taking him. Like I just wouldn't wouldn't sit right with me. It's really, really good. Um, I'm gonna go with uh I think something theme for the weekend here. I'm gonna take the honey badger. Ah, uh, I had that one. Great one. Yeah. Honey Badger, uh, awesome nickname. Earned it at you know LSU. Um, geez, I remember my roommate from college was a huge LSU fan. Made me watch every freaking game, and he was just yelling and screaming about this kid that just would punch footballs out all the time. Like he forced a turnover in more games than he played his freshman year. And I was like, all right, man, I'll watch. And in his sophomore year, he just lit the world on fire. He became a household name. He and then so the Honey, the watch honey Badger just became just like. An aura on its own. So the honey badger for sure. I they don't they don't really call him that enough anymore. Like it's a little bit dying it, out. It almost feels like there's some work behind the scenes there from whoever's working with him to get that not said. 
squelch it like, a little why bit. Why would you I not wonder, have that? that your, like that's a brand. I, what, I mean, did I'm that just, nickname totally die with his with with his with his issues the, the or weeds, struggles or, or the weed the weed stuff the weed. at LSU? Yeah, it was such a good nickname. He was a, he may have been the original Stephen A. Smith. Stay off the weed guy. He may Possibly. have been. True. Okay, moving on. Honey Badger was my pick there. God, I don't want to go too heavy there. I'm going to take Big Sexy. Okay. We already mentioned him in this draft, or not in the draft, but on this podcast. I'm going to take Big Sexy. Um, I mean, him swinging and missing and his helmet falling off is one of the funnier things that we've seen in our day. But him with the redemption hit the dinger. It's pretty sweet. So back to you. All righty. Back to me. Give me. I'm I'm going. I mean, this is one that that changed. Almost changed the nickname game. Wow. He hate me. Mm. And that that's what I was asking. Yep. Does that count as football? Well, I guess it doesn't. Yeah, matter. that counts. It's literally just like a nickname on the back of the. He show. also like played. He just... also played in the NFL. Rod so. Smart. I used to pick him up in every Madden I played in and would make him my kick returner. He was terrible. <laughs> but I would change his last name to he hate me just because I thought it was cool. That's a good pick. That, that is, is definitely that is, on my board. That is very notable. Uh, the one thing I, I meant to bring up before the draft was our WWE people eligible, but I don't think they should be. We'll, okay. we'll keep that out. Um, but there are some great ones there. Um, okay. Two picks here. I should probably be looking a little bit more at my board here so there's not this just dead spot where I'm like, oh, what should I pick? Um, so I've, fill, I've filled all my quotas here. I, I can kind of do whatever I want for the rest of the draft. Um, and, and I'm going to go to a sport that I don't think a lot of people following this show watch, but I think this is one of the great nicknames in terms of what the guy personified in the sport. And I'm taking the Intimidator, Dale Earnhardt. I'm taking the Intimidator. Got to. Oh, wow. Great nickname. Uh, All-time persona. I like the ones that kind of encompass the guy's persona and aura. Black Mamba, Tiger Woods, the Intimidator. Um, so we're going Dale Earnhardt. Probably won't be a crowd Twitter favorite because nobody, I'm sure, the, the Baltimore sports public, maybe not big NASCAR people. but whew. Did not have him on my list. I yeah. saw him on my research and I passed right by it. I had him, I had him on Dale there. Earnhardt. Just to show out of respect. Mm. R.I.P. Dale. R.I.P. R.I.P. to Dale. Wow. Shouldn't have gone that way. It's still yours. Uh, as I write it down, sorry, I'm doing these little periods where I'm just typing them. Um, and then... So how many... So I've taken one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I got three picks left here. Oh, man, there's so many I want to get in. God, I like... We could go 25 rounds on this. I'm looking yeah. at so many names I have left that I just... I Maybe we'll do... Maybe we'll do... Maybe we'll do a, a, a we'll go round robin and just say ones we we couldn't take. Um, man, I'm like looking at my phone. I have like one list on my phone and one list on my computer. Um, you're, you're about to pull Vikings here. You got to pick something. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> take um, Magic Johnson. Yeah, that's it's, the, I mean, it's just like Tiger. Classic. Yeah, yeah, simple and iconic. 
It's a great. It's so synonymous that it's like Tiger where you don't yeah. even remember. Irvin. That. Irvin Johnson. Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. just would never think to even call him Irvin Johnson. If yeah. I just heard Except unless Irvin you're Johnson, unless you're freak, unless you're Wilbon. Who likes to show Irvin. that he knows mm-hmm. who know he knows him? So unless you're who I, I love, I, I really at, like Wilbon, but that is so annoying when he does that. If I heard somebody say Irvin Johnson in a conversation, I would have no idea who they're talking about. Yeah. When I read Irvin because it's got the A in there, I'm like, okay, that's Magic Johnson. But just the name Irvin, it just it just doesn't sound right to me. Irvin Johnson, who the hell is Irvin Johnson? Yeah, he sounds like I don't know some like the 15th president of the United States, or I don't know. <laughs> was that your two? Did you take two? Yeah, or was that yeah, one? Party Alrighty. Um, oh my, again, I'm looking down. I mean, there's so, there's so many. Um, I will take. You didn't say, Hey kid. Yeah. Good one. I, I think that's just a classic. Yeah. Don't really know what it means. It's just a cool, just a great. <laughs> really, that's say a good hey. point. Say hey, kid. Say hey. Huh. Man, you guys are really like I'm noticing. You guys are nailing. You know, Eric's kind of nailing the classics, and 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 Taylor's kind of mixing that in. I'm going for the humor a little bit. You know, having fun with it. I'm trying to figure out if I'm. You know, is he, is he trying to say we're not having fun? Yeah, I'm not I'm saying we're not having fun, uh, but kinda, I'm just kind of like – Sounds like we're not having fun. I'm trying I'm to figure out what, what kind of roster I'm building here. Yeah, the hefty lefty is like the one that really is is like different. It's like that's that's the one laugh you got on your team there. Um, I guess I nah, I don't really either that much. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with Butterbean. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna I like that. Butterbean. Yeah. I like that. It's God, just um, if I can't get the hefty lefty, I'm gonna take the butter bean all day. I don't even know nope. what the guy's name is. I have that's no what clue. I was gonna say. It, I, I know no it, it's, it's Eric Esh is his real name. But uh, pro pro wrestling, boxing, kickboxing, MMA, a variety of a uh, simply an entertainer is really what Butterbean was in a variety of both staged and real competitions, and probably fixed competitions at times. Sure, guy Definitely. was on a, an episode of Friends and uh, Jackass. Yeah, man, good for him. Um. I with my eighth pick here, yeah, Butterbean. How about butter that? Butterbean is so good. I am gonna go with Clipboard Jesus. Oh my god! I literally, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. wasn't gonna take it, but I had it like yeah. on the list. Oh yeah, I'm taking Clipboard Jesus. It's just like, where do you come up with this shit? I mean, it's just one of those nicknames that is just a throwback. Charlie Whitehurst. What a legend. Clemson's finest. Alrighty. I uh, I'm gonna go my my miscellaneous one here, and I got to I got to do it. Um, I've stood in his driveway, and and uh, <laughs> not a big deal. Um, the King Arnold Palmer, Arnie, oh, the King. I, again, long I'm, live I'm the King. We're talking a lot of kings on this show. We're talking Palmer. We're talking king. Lundquist. We're talking Hernandez. I mean, we're getting through all the kings. Yep. So. Uh, Don't like can, to drink, but give me the give another. Me the can you guys name the other notable king? Anybody? Henrik Lundqvist. No, we talked about him that we haven't talked about. King. The king. Uh, Dave the, the the Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Well, that's also one, but we didn't press Russell, but that's good. Uh, Richard Petty, also the king. Uh, yeah. True. Talking NASCAR, Richard mm-hmm. Petty. George Strait. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
but ah, that good call though on on Jerry Lawler. That thank, that's a guy you. that watched the Royal Rumble on Sunday. Correct. That's the guy that was that's <laughs> the Correct. guy that was zooming in on the Royal Rumble with the boys okay. on Sunday, right there. Woo-hoo, we should talk about that. Uh, all right. So I've got my I've got my last two here. Okay, I'm gonna get Rut's pick in the board here. Twenty four. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the path. I'm just gonna go totally off the path here. I'm gonna take Vanderlei, the axe murderer Silva from uh, the UFC. I saw that on a list and I thought about it and was like, uh, ah. Vanderlei. For those that don't know MMA, that dude legitimately fought like an axe murderer. He he had no abandon and just stuck his neck out there and just rock him, sock him robots for his entire MMA career. Probably to the detriment of his health, but. I just there's a lot of MMA nicknames I really wanted to go to and there's just spider. too many to get in here. Spider would have been a we'll really get to good him. Spider one. would be a good one. Um, and maybe I'll get to him in the little roundup here. There's some random ones, but uh, I'm gonna go with the axe murder. And then oh. I am gonna finish. Oh man. Um, so as we've talked about, and there's there's. I'm looking at my list. I want to go with a lot of these, but I, I've got to stay true to my brand, my <laughs> brand. And as we've talked about uh, on this show, uh, and Banks has participated in now, uh, I'm a big darts guy, big world championship of darts guy. And darts is really a sport made on the nicknames. There is a variety of tremendous nicknames in darts. But there's one nickname that I just don't think could exist in any other sport, and that is Daryl Gurney. Super Chin, which is one of the most ridiculous nicknames I think I've ever heard in a sport. So we're going with Daryl Super Chin Gurney to finish my to finish my board here. Sweet pick, Taylor. Thank you. <laughs> I am wrestling hard with this last one. I have three. Oh, God, um, I've got um, so many, but I have to go in a certain direction here. All right. I I tell you what, tough crowd. Go for two fun ones, and the no fun guys like, oh, bad pick. <laughs> tough scene. <laughs> Give me our guy to please. Go ahead, RDT. Oh man, I don't. Uh, I took twenty minutes on a couple, so take your time. Sexy Rexy Grossman. Sexy. Re- that's I your guy. Can... You love Rex. Grossman. I got. I got. Not the first it. time you've talked about him. I have to pull the trigger on that one. Give me Sexy Rexy. It's not even the best Bears nickname. Come on. Oh, here we go. It's like here we go. Maybe third best. Here we go. I mean, we are, like I have the, pick, last pick here. the, the last pick here. I've got the last pick here. I got. I mean, Taylor and I. You've got. Yeah, we're having, trying to have fun. This guy. Refrigerator Perry is is on the board. Oh, sweetness. Hilarious. hilarious. Sweetness is on the board. Mr. Fun. Yeah, I almost took sweetness, but I don't think uh, any yeah, of that. Well, we were trying. I thought we were trying to have fun, RDT, but apparently it's about ranking the Bears' nicknames. All right. Mm. Anyways, uh, my last pick. I had to go hockey. I saved hockey because I figured, like, okay, there people aren't going to double dip in this. I just had my way with it. Uh, I'm going to take um, just the entire premise of adding er or s or whatever to anybody's last name. So you get Kaner, you get you know Willie, you get uh, you know. I guess I mean Ovi. I guess counts. Um, you just you just kind of just throw that on the end of the name, and he's just like one of the guys. He's just a locker room thing, hockey team guy. Like yeah, you just oh yeah, that's just uh, that's just Oli. You know. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think yeah, that's a good. I'll I'll accept that. 
All right, that's, that's after all that you picked Oli. No, I had no, Ole. no. I, he had Oli. <laughs> Who'd you pick? I didn't even hear your pick. I, it's so I, irrelevant. I, I, I'm I'm picking, adding, just an S to the end of a name. Or so you didn't ER. pick an actual. You're picking a variety of. You're yeah, you're I'm like, you're, I'm putting, you're really, throwing I'm taking, this wrench in the draft at the uh, end of the draft. That's you take correct. A bunch of names. Oh yeah. We'll see how the crowd reacts to that. Yep. I've not reacted well to it though. So just, I'm writing down. It's a down, sweet thing to do. It's so like you're just uh, with the boys and you just, uh, you're just uh, E on end of name. Banks. Yeah, Marty. Marty's gonna have fun it's, trying to find a picture though. for that, that one. Let me be totally frank. That stinks. But oh, okay. we'll we'll let it go. Super chin is somehow. If you want me to that. pick another hockey player, I'm throwing bonsai at you. No, you're in. You're in with right. her. No, I'm good e with it. At the end of a name, do you guys have? Do you guys have any honorable? No, mentions? there's S's too. It's oh, excuse me. There's S's yeah. as well. Okay. <laughs> what is this going to look like on this graphically, boys? Think of the social. Um. Okay. That's there. Um, you want my uh my my honorable? Should we mention? just go like around the horn here, like quickly? Go for it. Sure. All right, go. All right. I'll start. Slim Reaper. Uh, <laughs> Mus uh, muscle Hamster. I had that one too. Shoeless Joe. The big fundamental. Dominator. The Admiral. Fred X. Uh, the Golden Boy. Grim Reaper. Johnny Football. Clyde the Glide. T Sizzle. Thunder Dan. <laughs> Ron uh, Mexico. <laughs> I have to, to. I'm just gonna run through three MMA ones: BJ the Prodigy Pen, Chuck the Iceman Liddell, Rampage Jackson, and a guy named Yoshihiro Akiyama, whose nickname was Sexyama. And the Dean of Mean Keith Jardine and Ooh, Paul Sem and Paul Semtex Daily. Wow. Solid. Uh third leg Greg. Ooh, that would have been a good hockey one. That would That's, have been solid. Instead he took That's three things hers. at the end of names. <laughs> All the things on the board, and that's what you took at the end. I cannot the, believe that was your pick. The crime dog. I was going to say crime dog. Crime dog um, is pretty tremendous. Hebrew hammer. I had, I had Big Poppy on my list, I'll be honest. I, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't he, do it either. But Big, he was, big he train. Was, he was on the list. He was on the list. Charlie Hustle. Pistol from Pete. French Lick. Uh, the glove, Gary Payton. Yep. Air McNair. Human rain delay. Oh, that's wow. Hargrove, right? No, it's Steve Traxel. Mm -hmm. The most average starting pitcher of all time, I think. Just in my head, he's just the most ordinary, just generic right-handed pitcher. Uh, another one off the uh, not as actual is kind of just his actual name, which I saw on a lot of lists, and I think it's interesting. It's the in, in, it's in the Tiger Woods category. It's just Babe Ruth. That's mm -hmm. that was his nickname, Babe the Babe. Yeah, thought about Babe too. Big Mac. Um, Big almost Mac. threw up Aaron McNair, slamming Sammy, King Felix, Smash and Dash. Figured we were going to talk enough about the uh, the uh, the king, to, but you got a king in there anyway. I didn't I didn't think of uh, the golden bear. Yeah, that's on my list. Uh, uh, the, lefty, the, the great eight, the great one, rocket Richard, the Russian rocket. That's Pavel Bure. Mm -hmm. uh, Dominator, Dominic Hasek. What about um? I almost picked this one, AK forty seven. I thought that's that a good was one too. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, nickname. Ernie L's the big easy. The big easy. Uh, General Grievous. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, locally. Answer, what, did we, what, if, what did we miss locally? Anything? Oh, we, uh, Hibachi Agent Zero for Hibachi would have been good. Human Vacuum. Yeah. I Damn forgot it. about that until right now. Yeah, Vincenity. I, uh, <laughs> I had to Google this because I was like, this guy has to have a nickname. Uh, Reezy or the Loctinator. <laughs> Ryan Lochte. 
What? <laughs> is that really his? There's, I, that's bizarre. This is, I told you, Google. Uh, I, I had to Google. I was curious if, if Michael Phelps had a, had a nickname. And the Baltimore Bullet, I think, is got thrown it's around kinda a little bit early in It's kind of got settled yeah. on. But the Baltimore Sun threw out like uh, a call to arms in 2004 for somebody to try to give him a nickname and people sent in answers and they all sucked. They just couldn't come up with anything. (laughs) (laughs) They they pretty much wrote a follow-up article like a month later, like, yeah, we tried to put it in the hands of the readers and uh, they did not do a great job. Um, (laughs) So like Google Michael Phelps nickname or something. You'll find an article from 2004 from the sun. Couple of nickna- couple of Olympic nicknames. Uh, Th- Thorpedo, Ian Thorpe. I thought of him, but I just like, come on, as an American, I couldn't. Yeah, you can't do it in Australia. I wasn't going to take a swimming guy when I had the flying tomato <laughs> on the board. I wasn't going to take a swimming guy. Um, Doctor oh, J. Doctor Juice. 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 Uh, Pistol Sanity. Pete. Pistol Pete Maravich. Half man, half amazing. And then there's the I, answer. I, I, I'm glad this didn't happen. There's the new thing is you just change people's names. So like T Mac, Flojo, like A-Rod. stuff like that. A Rod. That's that appeared on a lot of lists, those. Like they're just shortening of people's names. They're nicknames, obviously, but there's something to I think the uh and you had only the goalie, which I think is a is a different situation because that's sort of rhyming with the position. It's a very which is, localized pick, but yeah. Uh um, Johnny Football. I don't know if we said that. Big country. That's like big country. It's a yeah. handful of people. Brian, yeah, it's mm-hmm. um, Roy Nelson from MMA. Big country. Jake, Jake the Snake. Yeah, the Plumes. I think did we Muggsy. say beast, beast Mode? Muggsy Bogues. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. that's also one. So solid list, I think. You guys didn't think uh, you guys didn't have Anthony Cowan Uno on there. <laughs> Must have missed that one. <laughs> Just yeah, having. You. Just you're having some so, fun. You're just just having, having some fun. I'm just having a laugh. <laughs> Anthony Cowan Jr. Uh, that was fun. So to recap, uh, Tiger Woods, the Iron Man, Cal Ripken. I'm just not even going to say You should go down the list that each person has, not like – I don't have them that way. Though, so. I do. Well, then go after it. Uh, Taylor has Tiger Woods, Black Mamba, The Big Hurt, Mr. Hockey, the Hefty Lefty, the Intimidator, Magic Johnson, Axe Murderer, and Super Chin. Sleeping on Super Chin. Eric, <laughs> Eric has Iron Man, Megatron, White Chocolate, The Kid, Oli the Goalie, He Hate Me, Say Hey Kid, The King, Arnold, which is Arnold Palmer, uh, and Sexy Rexy. I have Primetime, Round Mound of Rebound, The Big Unit, The Flying Tomato, Honey Badger, Big Sexy, Butterbean, Clipboard Jesus. And I have pluraling, pluralizing last names or throwing ER on the end in a hockey locker room. So me and RDT took nine nicknames and you took eight and a technicality. <laughs> you guys didn't didn't really kibosh it. That's fine. Cause I I'm fine with you taking it because no one looking at it's going to understand it and it's going to hurt your team. It was really more of a strategic move. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's just sweet when uh, you're with the boys and you're just you just. I agree with you. The premise yeah. of what you're saying is right for sure, and I think that's even when like every. So what you're doing is you're is you're you're talking down to our listeners like they're 
they're morons. Like no, they can't understand. No. Like they, they're they're uh, what incapable I'm saying, it's not a true of conceiving nickname. what I'm talking about. It's not a true nickname. It's not a true nickname. It's not a true nickname. That's the then issue. Then fucking it's, turn it's, it down. You know, it just I, then if you have a problem with it, then then speak no, I'm up gonna, about I'm it. I'm gonna let you do your thing and and send yourself into the sharks. That's and people are gonna be like, oh, okay. what the hell does that mean? Right. So it'll be it'll be fun to see how people react. Little little, little sure little little talking point for when we uh, we put this out to the people. Uh, let us know if you have any suggestions for um, remaining drafts or remaining starting five, starting nines. Hell, soccer we could do starting elevens. We could just keep going and going. Yeah. Uh, if we really want to do like forty, we could do a peloton. Full forty man. We do, we do rugby. Full 40 Fifteen. Man. Yeah. Yeah, we could have hundred. Fifteen peloton. is probably what this would have done. Like done this draft justice because yeah. there's just so many names. Well, we could theoretically revisit it. I think we could we could do a second one maybe and, and maybe. do the teams. Um, so great job by both of you um, you. on the draft. That was very fun to research. I think Eric, you texted in the middle of the day. Like this is this has been like very fun to look up. It was very fun to look up. Yeah, like I was there were so, like like so many like there's so many that I had forgotten. Um, moving on, Maryland person of the week. Who would like to take it? And if you guys would like, I can take it first. I I was gonna, I can. I no, can I'll start. go ahead. Um, on Sunday night was the one of the great. Um, we days. knew you were gonna go there. It has so, to be. It was yeah, one of the great so nights. I'm just gonna of, let you do it. One of the great, great nights of the wrestling calendar, and is the Royal Rumble. For those that don't know, the winners of the men's and Royal rumbles get a shot at a championship of their choosing. At the granddaddy of them all, the greatest event in all of sports and entertainment, as Vince McMahon would say, WrestleMania, which was also happening at Raymond James Stadium this year. Who the hell knows how many people are going to be there over two nights? Uh, so big, big, uh, big um, year for the pirate ship. But the uh, two winners um, of the Royal Rumble uh, are my two uh, people of the week. I'm just going to put them in the same sense: Bianca Belair and Edge. And I'll go more into Edge. Bianca Belair is going to be a big star, uh, but most people probably don't know who she is. Edge has been around for a very long time and retired nine years ago. Retired nine years ago due to a neck injury. Came all the way back to come back in last year's Royal Rumble. Lost the Royal Rumble. Had a little bit of a run. Got hurt again. Got hurt again and has been out for about seven months. Comes back and at 47, off for essentially nine years and then coming off another injury, Starts at number one, and obviously everyone has predetermined, but wrestling is tough over 50 minutes. Stays in that thing for about 54 minutes, wins the Royal Rumble. Impressive performance by a guy that really deserves it, dreams of becoming a wrestler, and now he will uh, have a champion of his choosing. Um, and maybe if he wins a championship, you guys might see him at Jimmy's. Big wrestling place. Shout out to Jimmy's. Shout out to Roman Reigns, who freaking jumped on the famous fun calls. Guy's a freaking giant star. Good for him. Um, but yeah, Edge and Bianca Belair are my co-Maryland people of the week. Royal Rumble I, is great. It's I had Daniel Bryan in my pool, so I wasn't uh, – I thought I thought That's I had a, a good pick. There. That's a good I thought one I had a chance there with 17. Me and That's Bags – good and, range, and people, We were Zooming, and Marty was also involved. We had some we had some teams going. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had a tough night, Banks. You, like, got close on – I Yeah, uh, elimination were very th- tight. Lost by, like, half an elimination. But, uh, yeah, we'll get them next year. Yeah. Um, I'll go, I'll get, um, I'll take Turgeon. I think Turgeon's had a, Mark, I, yeah. I, I think again, that win the other night, um, I think he's shutting up a lot of people and, and Brian, like you said, it's not the best Maryland roster we've ever seen. 
and and again, that's partially his fault for the recruiting. Um, putting together a decent a decent season after I had very low expectations coming into it. Um, shout out shout out Turge. Fair shout enough. Yeah, no, he's. I still have a lot of problems with the guy, but he's doing. You know, he's having the the, the boys grinding out there. Um, my Maryland person of the week. I'm actually going to take Tommy Smokes because I've been watching Surviving Barstool. I'm and hooked. yeah, this is like kind of a plug here a little bit, but yeah, I got no dog in the fight. I, you know, I got, you know, I serve no benefit for this, this show taking off, but I, I watched the first episode just like in passing on, on, you know, a lazy Sunday and was just waiting for the rumble to get going and I watched it and it was freaking good. And then I came back for the next episode and I've been kind of, Sneaky tuning in to the dashboard at like 6.30 p.m., like a half hour mm-hmm. before it comes out, and I watch it ahead of everybody else. And um, the drama has been great. And Tommy Smokes has just been playing the game, and everybody else is just a pawn and letting them just he, run he circles like big, around everybody. He's like a big survivor guy, right? So Correct. he's just clearly the most Dude. locked in. I watched Correct. the first episode. He's just the most – he just understands what he's trying to do more. He knows him. exactly what he's trying to do. and he, The long con works. Yeah, I mean, he just played everybody like a fiddle so far. So uh, I think the finale is tomorrow, so you can go ahead and watch that. Uh, I guess while I'm here, I'm going to do an honorable mention, and I'm going to make um, just kind of stay right here in the same lane. And uh, I'm going to make Billy Football my honorable mention because, uh, I mean, I can't, I literally can't believe that this is a fight that's happening. Like, it's just I, – I keep seeing advertisements for it and discussion on part of my take and other, other – forums about it and like we're literally watching one of the bash brothers from the late 80s oakland athletics he's gonna fight this intern from a podcast like what is what is even happening and it's all gonna be for this website that i've been you know eric and i've been blogging for for seven plus years like what is what is that like how is that possible how is that seriously a thing that's going to happen in real life in 2021 it's crazy i'm gonna tune in don't know where i'm gonna figure it out but it's gonna be something else yeah, I, I can't believe every time. Like, I can't believe that we're two days away and that it's still happening. Like that, like something it, hasn't fallen through. through. Like, who knows if Ozzy Canseco shows up? Like, who knows? That's still a wrinkle that that could be in the cards. Maybe he no shows. Maybe he gets knocked out. Maybe Billy gets knocked out. Who knows? I don't think he will. I think Billy's just gonna run circles around him and just wear him out. Like people don't realize how exhausting boxing can be. And geez, like. Jose Canseco is like what, 56 years old, 57. Like he's that, a, yeah. the house. Like he's not good. He's a big guy. He's yeah. I can't believe that guy stole 40 bases in, in one season in major league baseball. Right. Stunning. Um, I'll do, I, I'll, I have a, a, I guess an um, honorable mention. Um, Mel Antonin, who was, was at Masson and, and the, um, former USA Today MLB reporters on Sirius and all that died uh, this last week. And I know some of the people who worked with him and everything I've read about him, like Dan Connolly's piece in the athletic was very good. Very sad. Um, again, it, he just seemed like a guy who loved baseball and it was just the nicest person on earth. And he'd been battling COVID and, and some other stuff for a long time. And it sounded like it was, it was not a fun, uh, a fun last year for him. Um, and then I was press box had a little memoriam thing for him, but just before this. So I, I was watching all that and yeah, it just seemed like he was a very nice guy. And, and again, he seemed to, to know his baseball pretty, pretty damn well. And uh, a, a hell, a hell of a baseball writer. It, it seemed yeah. and again, the people, the people who, who were speaking of him spoke very highly. So at least wanted to give him a shout out. 
Sure. Yeah, it's, it's that's a good one. I it's it's so interesting the the outpouring for um, some of the when when local figures pass away that have kind of always been a part of your life, but aren't like at the top of your mind as people that kind of had a long effect in your life. And a lot of that time, that's you know journalists and TV people. Um, and so that it was it was it's always interesting to watch the kind of outpouring, like you said, the pieces get written, the stories get told, and all those different things. So. Uh, yeah, um, a guy that affected a lot of people in Baltimore. Um, my quick honorable mention uh, will once again, and I know our listeners continue to be intrigued by this, um, our guy, the Bachelor, Matt James, just ridding, <laughs> ridding the house of the drama this week. Credit to him. So he gets a, he gets a quick honorable mention from me uh, as that show continues to careen uh, to the finish. Um, yeah. One more topic. Baltimore-wise, for you guys, unless you have something, Banks. I just wanted a Domino Sugar replacing the sign. Yeah, I, I, it's weird. I didn't read the full story. Like, what is really happening there? So the sign is, they say, battered beyond use, and oh. they are going to replace. Who said that? They're going to replace it with an LED lit sign. The Who said it's said, battered beyond use? The company said. They're battered beyond use. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, they said, la, 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 battered by the elements for decades, the badly deteriorated steel letters and border have come to the end of their useful life. However, as we approach a hundred years of operation in Baltimore, we are renewing our commitment to the city by ensuring it stays lit for generations to come to enable its longevity. We're investing in a large scale, sustainable renovation of the sign. And it's important to us that Baltimore is pleased with the result. We will be making structural repairs and installing new letters with a border that includes state-of-the-art LED lights that will mimic the look of neon. We are going to great lengths to ensure the sign retains the same appearance, is more sustainable, and stays fully lit, and is built to last at least another 70 years. You know how big that sign is, too? Giant. It's the size of a basketball court. You don't realize how far away you are from it when you're Mm -hmm. somewhat near it until you like are kind of perusing that area of Locust Point. If they are able to retain most of the original look probably is going to be a good thing. Cause I'm sure that sign could be brighter and more prominent. Yeah. And more prominent in the skyline just from a look perspective, but they better make it look pretty much exactly like that sign or people are going to lose their minds. I mean, they must know that. Ooh. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be fine. I, I probably, unless it requires taking it down for an extended period of time, I probably would have just done it very quietly and just been like, ah, ta-da, like here's a mm-hmm. new, like, Surprise! Yeah. I think people would have noticed, though. I do think people would have noticed. I During think if that thing had just come down, and there been no this is the time to do it because in the summer is when it pops. Yeah, and people are out. Season. People are out looking at it. Yeah, well, I don't know. How, it'll be interesting how long that takes. God, it's, I need rooftop season. Yeah, I mean, we need a lot of things. We need a lot of things <laughs> in this world right now, but that is one of them. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. That was that was sort of a that was a. Obviously, talk a lot of sports, but that just jumped out to me today. That because people were kind of freaking out, and then I was like, "I think it's going to be okay. I think they're going to do this right." Me too. So. Yeah, but still, we got to be angry about it. We're just we're just supposed to be. Yeah, we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be real we will do what we're supposed to do. We will do what we're supposed yeah. to do. So there's your outrage. Yeah, um, I do kind of have another honorable mention. Uh, I could actually add a second one, sure. but uh, I'm going to give it to Ryan Jensen. I've like battled with this as to who I want to win this Super Bowl. Um, and I feel like a little Super Bowl talk to wrap things up here might be in order. Um, sure. I think I'm going to root for the Bucks. I just – I don't feel great about it. I don't want to root for either of these teams really at all. Um, you know, the Chiefs are kind of like – I mean, if they win another one, like it just becomes – seems like an even more unattainable mountain to try to like 
overcome this whole Chiefs, you know, dynasty that seems to be in, you know, unfolding in front of our eyes. Um, on the other side, we've got, you know, we got Ryan Jensen and he's a ride or die guy defended Joe Flacco, you know, in a moment of need as he always does. He's a fire guy. Um, you know, I, I realized that the whole Tom Brady winning another Super Bowl is is not really an ideal situation. But at this point, like, it's so far gone. Like, he's already won. So well, yeah, many. what's like, it what's, matter? I mean, that's the one thing. What more. does it matter? And and the one ben- the upside you get with that is that you get that consternation for the New England crowd, who just Very like, much so. yeah, they they will be torn about it. But at the end of the day, this game will be over, and New England will still be left with what would they go seven or nine this year or whatever they did and really they've won 40 like, super bowls belichick's draft classes the last five six years have stunk they've been dog shit so that franchise is going nowhere fast i know like belichick all the credit in the world for what he's accomplished but like they are not trending in the right direction that's no secret so um if it if it you know sticks in their crawl a little bit for tom brady to, to go somewhere else and win another super bowl I get a little a little satisfaction out of that. Uh, I will also be rooting for the Bucks. Um, a former Maryland, one of our former student assistants, my buddy Jake Spitz, is a communications assistant there. He is down at the Super Bowl. If the Bucks win, I think he gets a Super Bowl ring and gets to experience his team he worked for winning the Super Bowl. That's awesome. So Pretty my cool. man, I'm rooting for my guy Spitz. I'm rooting for the Bucks. Who you got? Who you root for RDT? A good game. I don't want to. I don't want to repeat. I don't want a repeat of Rams. Of Rams. I just hope um, both teams have fun. Yes. Yeah, I want, I want both teams to have fun. I want a good uniform matchup. I want good weather and uh, give me some what are good you, the wins, NFL. Yeah. What are no, you, I mean, I, I give me the Chiefs. I, I'm going to see Mahomes win another one. Yeah. I think he's the most talented player we've ever seen in the I, NFL. I do ever. hope this does have the makings of potentially a very good offensive game. Um, mm-hmm. If if everything. If everything breaks right, two really explosive teams with a lot of weapons. And um, I'll be honest, I think the Chiefs blow them out. Well, not blow them out, but I think they win by two scores. Very possible. Hopefully, we get and give us at least a half of, enter- of entertainment. Give give us a half of a. Shootout. We're, we're probably going to get the the ten point lead from Tampa early, and then like second quarter, Mahomes thanks, and Tyreek Hill coming just out. pop off. Yeah, just. Are you guys excited <laughs> for the weekend? No, we get one every every week. Oh, come on. No, that's, come that's on. just so tough. Just, Thank you. I'll Thank be you. interested to see how they do all the Super Bowl festive. I mean, the Super Bowl is <laughs> has – honestly, the lack of a Super Bowl weekend, I didn't think this would be the case the Super Bowl is such a big event. It's been noticeable. Like, the the studios not mm. being in the city, the, at least for me. I don't I, think, I, like, we realize how much, like, the radio row and the media day is, like – really a part of the whole Super Bowl experience. It's such an event. It's, it's so in your event. face all week, and you see every personality in all the sports media just there. Yeah, and, and so just... many athletes from across the yeah. that go in and promote everything under the sun. I mean, we yeah. could have gotten somebody to promote this podcast probably. I mean, they're just promoting everything. God. I think um, of these things, and I forget all about it. And then, like, like I think like Ed Reed just did, like, a, a, a lap of every media place in, like, in sight last year, this week. And, like, Probably could have reached out to somebody and said, "Hey, do you doing any start Snickers commercials? Anybody, anybody promoting Papa yeah. John's? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's been it's been muted. I mean, the one I think I've seen two things from from media from stuff this week. 
um, Gronk the, doing the running and, and Gronk like doing the running and the and I can't remember what Buck said it, but that somebody was crying in the locker room after winning the Levante David, Levante yeah. David, and 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 Brady yelled at him and said they still had one more game. So <laughs> good narrative stuff for Brady. Um, but yeah, it's it's been weird. I mean, even you know we would have had you know stuff on the pirate ship, stuff in Tampa. It's 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 definitely more muted. Um, and last year are they we were in Arizona banks? So oh yeah, I I was maybe gonna work in some waste management talk, no, but well, yeah. I don't know what there's to be said there. It's gonna be a sweet golf tournament and so awesome weather. And was it, and if you get a chance to go, go to it. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, next year go to the waste management. Um, yeah, where's the Super Bowl next year? Is like is next year Vegas? think so god we're just like gonna get double everything next year it's gonna be amazing like next year we're gonna next year somewhat of a triple march madness in los angeles at uh stadium so we're gonna get like a mega super bowl we're gonna get that it's back in glendale and they have not picked a 2024 site Le- Vegas wow. offered to host it in 2024. Thank you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure no one else. Wa- I'm sure no one else wants the Super Bowl. I'm surprised it didn't find some excuse to put it there this year. 2025 is in um, is in New Orleans. So they've skipped 2024. So and for they've... some reason, they have skipped. It's like the Superdome's like 20, some fiftieth anniversary or some shit. Oh, scheduling conflict. So New Orleans apparently had a ske- what scheduling conflict did they have with the freaking Super Bowl? So they moved it back. So they are now looking for a venue. I'm sure they're gonna have a lot a hard time finding one for 2024, um, which would make sense to slot Vegas in there after a few years. Um, Definitely. In that stadium. I can't so, believe that they're not running to have a Super Bowl in Vegas. That would certainly be a very fun Super Bowl week for a variety of reasons. But um, Ravens go to Vegas next year. Maybe the X Fifty Two podcast will be there. We'll have to see. But yeah, you are right. We're gonna get. It's gonna be like. I mean, these places are gonna go out of their minds for regular events in the twenty twenty fall. Hopefully, fall twenty twenty one to sports and. Hopefully, we we're able to have the BMW Championship here at Kings Valley. I'm very focused on the Olympics. The Olympics is my top line focus of things happening. If that gets canceled, that may break me. I got my (laughs) my volunteer assignment this week for the BMW Championship. What are you doing? I'm doing VIP slash player transportation. And there you go. I'll be working the courtesy cars, the BMWs and such, apparently. I haven't gotten the details. I haven't gotten the shifts, but, you know, I could be driving Tiger around. Who knows? Yeah, hopefully you are. Get him on the pod. Yeah, love. So that so there it is to end the show. Banks has guaranteed Tiger Woods will be on the pod in 2021. There you have it. There you have it. Uh, that's enough for this uh, week's edition of the X52 podcast. Appreciate everyone listening. Um, obviously, make sure to continue to to support those local businesses. We've seen what Jimmy's our sponsors done with the famous fund. Incredible stuff uh, by those guys. And send um, us receipts. And continue to send us receipts. Super Bowl week, great week to go out and uh, and buy some food from some places. So s- keep sending us those and. Eric will continue to unload prizes from his house as we uh, as we continue to move on here. So send that in. Uh, make sure to give us a rating and review on wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all those different things. That helps us out. Um, and and let everyone know if you if you enjoy the pod. Let us know. Make sure to tweet at us, DM us um, at X fifty two podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, questions you might have, topics you want us to talk about. Um, 
you know, starting five, things like that uh, We can, as we continue to roll through. You can follow Banks at Barstool Banks on Twitter. You can follow RDT at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow me at Taylor Smythe 10 Thanks again to Jimmy Seafood for sponsoring the pod. And we will see you next time on the X-52 Podcast.